everybody. John Finn, Church Without Walls International, CWOWI.org. We are a house church network. We celebrate the gathering of the saints the way they did in the New Testament and how they went from 120 people at Pentecost to saturating the Roman Empire in 300 years. We practice the same practice of multiplication, which is that we rotate, for those who want to, rotate homes and who wants to host, and then rotate who leads each week so that there's always a core group of people who are used to rotating and used to leading. And so when you outgrow a home, they just multiply out just like a cell dividing, and they begin rotating and leading among themselves, and so on and so on. That's how they went from 120 to to saturating the Roman Empire. So we do the same thing. Visit our website, cwowi.org. There's 10 question answer videos about house church. There's lots of material there. Sign up for my weekly thoughts, weekly teaching on a variety of subjects that comes out by email on Friday. That's where we put information about our meetings and conferences and such. But today, looking at the difference between little faith and unbelief, they're not the same. And a lot of people are thinking, you know, help my faith, or like the man whose whose son needed to be delivered, he said, you know, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Clearly, there are two; those are two separate things. Uh, faith <clears throat> comes by hearing the word. Faith comes by a revelation from God. When you heard about Jesus, there was the Father started dealing with you, and that's revelation. What Jesus told Peter in Matthew chapter sixteen, verses sixteen and seventeen, when he said, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Jesus said, my father has showed this to you, Peter. That's how the kingdom functions. We first receive a revelation, illumination, enlightenment, the New Testament calls it, from the father about who Jesus is. And it flows from there. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17, and hearing by the word of God. The word word there is the word rhema. It means rhema is used as a word that designates God speaking to man. That is that God shows you something. He, he, he gives you grace. He, he gives you a revelation. And faith comes by receiving that word from God. Faith doesn't come just by reading Genesis through Revelation. Faith comes by a specific word to you, and then you act on it. Noah received instruction to build the boat. Faith was his response. He received the grace to build, the favor to build the boat, the revelation to build the boat with the plans. Faith was his response. Abraham received the grace, the revelation that he was to be the father of many nations. And the Lord said, take a walk, I'll show you the promised land. Faith was the response to that grace. That's what faith is. Faith cannot, you cannot have faith without first a revelation, uh, that that grace from the father. You, You just can't have faith. Otherwise, it's just hope. It, 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 it stays in the emotional realm. Romans 4 talks about how Abraham believed the hope. The, the promise presented hope that he could yet have a child, and he chose to believe and was fully persuaded in that. That response is faith. So a good example of little faith is, is when, and, and we see this within the context of someone who starts out in faith, and then they stop partway through. It would be like Noah receiving the grace to build the boat and then halfway through stopping when he saw the storm clouds gathering and all the people against him and having doubt. The great example in Matthew chapter 14 and verse 31 is of Peter walking on the water. You'll recall Jesus came walking on the water and they cried out and Jesus invited Peter to come walk with him on the water. That is a rhema. That is a revelation. And and it gave faith in Peter when Jesus said, come, Peter put one leg over the boat, 
edge of the boat and then the other leg and stood on the water and walked on the water to Jesus. That response to the command, that response to the revelation was faith. When Peter got out there almost to Jesus, it says he started looking at the wind and the waves and became afraid and he started to sink. And Jesus grabbed him and he said in, in Matthew 14, 31, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So you see, little faith has to do with someone who starts on, on a project starts on something, a response from, from the revelation, and then stops or hesitates or, or becomes afraid looking around at the wind and the waves. It, you see this with, with uh, people going on missions trips. You see this with people with business ventures. You see this with, with all kinds of things. And maybe someone has, you've got a revelation that you've got a particular job. You've applied for many jobs, but suddenly you have a piece about that you've got a job. Well, that's that piece is the is the rhema. It's the it's the word to you, and faith is the response. Faith is is going to apply for that job, going to the interview, and getting that job. But maybe the job is difficult. Maybe the boss is mean, and you start to wonder: Is this really was this really God or not? Okay, that's an example of little faith. You responded from a revelation. So once you respond from a revelation, the key is <clears throat> key is excuse me. Go back to that revelation. Are you sure that was from the Lord? If yes, you walk it through and say, yeah, that was a revelation from the Lord. I have peace about it. I had peace. I responded. Then you, you, you stop looking at the wind and the waves and you march on to Jesus. You march on. You walk on to, to finish the work. Don't look at the wind and the waves. That is of little faith. That's like Noah start, stopping halfway through or Abraham going half the trip and then wondering if God really sent him or Moses you know, from the burning bush going down to Egypt and stopping about halfway saying, was that real or was that a dream? <clears throat> Once you receive the revelation and you start responding to it, don't look at the wind and the waves. Okay, that's little faith to stop and look at the little at the waves. That's little faith. No, march on, march on, go on through the difficulty. <clears throat> Unbelief is something different. In Mark chapter six, Jesus is in his hometown, and the people don't believe him. They they listen to his wisdom and everything else. And it, it says, who is this? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't this the son of Mary? Aren't his four, and they named four brothers, James, Jude, and Simon, and, and another one. Uh, aren't his four brothers here with us? Aren't his sisters here with us? I mean, they named six, uh, the, at least six, four brothers and at least two sisters, because sisters is plural in Mark chapter six. You know, so Jesus doesn't have any credibility because they they know him from, from the time he was a little kid. They know the family. And it says in Mark 6, and especially verse 6, it says he marveled because of their unbelief. Uh, he, he, could, he marveled because of their unbelief, and he could there do no mighty works except lay hands on a few sickly people. And, and then he went on and he went about teaching in their other villages in the area. <clears throat> Excuse me. So what it presents is this, a level of unbelief that wasn't lack of faith. They had not received a rhema, a specific word from the Lord that they needed to act on. It was a threshold they had to get over, which was the natural uh, circumstances of this boy, now man, Jesus, whose mother is in their midst, whose brothers are in their midst, who, whose sisters are in their midst, and he doesn't have credibility because, because they know him, because of that familiarity. And so a level of unbelief rises. Now, this happens to us in the natural. Uh, you know, you can put somebody on a pedestal, you can put a pastor or whatever on a pedestal, you can put a, a significant other up on a pedestal, you think they're perfect, it's infa infatuation, you know. And then something happens where you find out, hey, they're human. 
and and so a level of unbelief towards them they lose credibility they lose respect in your eyes uh, in that way and so in in this way this is what happened with Jesus so in our modern lives it can be likened to a familiarity with the Lord that we don't understand the reverence the awe of who we're dealing with and it beca- our faith becomes so commonplace that we don't rest we don't live for that revelation that comes from the Lord it's just commonplace and more than that let me extrapolate it out a little bit sometimes things happen in life that are unexplained you know people die accidents diseases how do, why do bad things happen to good people there's there are things that happen to us and it can cause some people to question uh, their faith and it's not just a little uh, having little faith but it's a level of unbelief because of the the unanswered questions i go back to mark chapter 6 jesus in his hometown those people had all sorts of questions because they asked him who does he think he is how did he they ask if you read that passage how did he get this knowledge how did he get this wisdom they have questions that jesus isn't answering for them and they have these questions about how this could be. So it's like us having questions in life. Why did so-and-so die? Why did so-and-so get, get sick? How did that, why did you let that accident happen? Why did this happen? We have so many questions that are not getting answered. We're like the people in the village there that have the questions and Jesus isn't answering them. He's just going about his business and, and encouraging them to come along with him, leaving the questions for heaven uh, to be answered. And so this is how what happens with, with Christians many times is a level of unbelief rises because of unanswered questions, because of baggage from this world, things that we just, we question. And so it causes us to distrust the Lord. It causes him to lose credibility in our eyes because we have so many questions that he's not answering, just like the villagers there in his hometown of, of Nazareth and in, in, in that area. And that level of unbelief means he couldn't do a lot of mighty works because they had questioned his, his credibility, his faithfulness, etc. Could they trust him? And so that's very different than having Peter responding to an invitation to walk on the water and then stopping partway through because he you know, was looking at the wind and the waves. And Jesus said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? That's, <clears throat> doubt comes in after you're walking along in faith. Unbelief is something where you have unanswered questions. And folks, the Lord's not going to answer them all. And what you have to settle with, and maybe I need to conclude with this, is what you have to settle in your heart is that there are going to be questions that can only be answered in heaven. And be okay with that. Rest in that. Go back to your larger trust in the Lord. Like Paul did at the end of his life in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and in his in his letter, actually earlier on there in chapter 2, but he, he talks about, he says, I know I'm fully persuaded that the things which I have entrusted to him, he is faithfully keeping for me until that day. You know, I'm fully persuaded that what I have entrusted to him, he is able to keep until that day. So there are things that you and I have that, that aren't going to be answered on this side. And just like the villagers. So don't let those unanswered questions cause unbelief to rise in you. Don't let, let them um, lead to the questioning the credibility and the trustworthiness and the faithfulness of the Lord. What you need to do is shift your attention to what you do know, not what you don't know. Stop speculating about silly doctrinal things that you can't answer the question on this side of the of heaven anyway, that only, it, that's, that's useless waste of time. 
and and stop speculating about why did so-and-so hurt and Lord, I'm really hurt, I'm really angry at you because this and that happened and everything else. Lay that all aside and refocus on the Lord. What is the last thing he showed you? What is the last scripture to jump out at you? What is the last message that touched your heart that resonated with you that said, this is for me? That's where he's leading right now. That's where he's he's teaching you right now. We all have questions that will be answered only on the other side. So you have to be okay with that. Don't let the level of unbelief rise in you, but choose rather to focus on what he has shown you, what he is dealing with you on, what he is teaching you on. Focus on what you have, not on what you have not. So I hope this has been a blessing to you, give you some food for thought, the difference between faith and unbelief, and and lay the unbelief aside. Jesus' remedy for them, according to Mark chapter 6, was he went around their villages teaching. Teaching means that he was, rather than answer their questions, he wanted to teach them something. And so that is the thing you need to do. Get before the Lord, say, Lord, what are you saying to me? It may be peace, it may be rest, it may be just let the questions go. Whatever it is, focus on what he's teaching you today. That's the remedy of unbelief, uh, for unbelief, uh, is just get alone with him. Let that arise. Let that revelation, let that grace arise. Let that faith arise again and become fresh in you. All right, God bless. Bye-bye.